What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Rugby Swag. My name is Gift Gift Time Ibalu, and you are here at the show where we are here about building the ecosystem of rugby while also talking to the people who have taken advantage, created, or found opportunities via rugby. Y'all, we have a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about a lot of things happening that just went down. I can't wait, but first, intro. I think the minute I stepped on our practice field for rugby, the calling happened. An eight-year plan to be on the team. And I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro. Right. And I walk around with a rugby ball sometimes, and they're like, what is this child on? It looks like it was a heavy hit. It's up. It's not up. You know, that's the first time I played, like, professional. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And those two Scottish guys, and they said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. That rugby is a game for all shapes and sizes, all cultural um, aspects. He looked at me, and he says, you guys are awesome. Welcome back, y'all. We have an amazing one. I, I'm excited for this show. Uh, some great talking points, I'm not going to lie. It's it's always great to be able to say that there's some solid rugby news that's not necessarily just gameplay that's happening, and uh, we got some really solid rugby news that's happening. But before I get started with that, I want to let you guys know, please, 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 if you can, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on YouTube, or if you're listening on the audio, please follow us on Apple, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon Music, uh, iHeartMedia, wherever it is that you're listening to it, I want you to get in. Not only does it help us be able to create and have an idea of what we are reaching out to, but it also lets you be able to know when we have new episodes coming through. And, of course, the other thing, we want you to share it with your friends. If there's something you find interesting, let your friends know. Say, hey, hey, there's some rugby swag that I want you to know about. Let's go go over there and go take a listen. It might help you out. And if you guys are like, hey, I disagree with everything you say, hey, you show your friends what you disagree with, and then you properly comment and engage and, you know, say things. And if you need to know who you need to go and, and, and link and mention to, you can actually mention us on Instagram at Rugby Swag Show, or you can find us on uh, Twitter at Gift Time Rugby, or on Facebook at Gift Time Rugby, or on TikTok at Gift Time Rugby, all right? So I just want you to know, you got places to complain or praise, you know, either way. Uh, and, of course, leaving comments in the Apple Apple podcast uh, is always a big plus. But, yes, guys, I want to thank you so much. Always a pleasure to be able to talk to you each and every week on multiple facets, and this is not going to be anything new in that. So uh, let's get this baby started. First up, dude, I want to say this is top, top of the rugby news for us today. Uh, uh, easily might be, maybe not the biggest news, but I feel like it's the biggest news. Uh, USA Rugby has announced that they are adding some interim coaches. That is Scott Lawrence and Richard Ashfield are going to be taking over as the interim coaches for the foreseeable future uh, for USA Rugby men's and women's team. Now, uh, Richard Ashford, I'm not going to lie, I don't know very much about him. I don't know very much about him. This is, this is just, it is what it is. But Scott Lawrence? Oh, that is a legend. And it, honestly, I feel like it's something that's been a long time coming. And I, it's always been interesting why he hasn't done it. We've, 
If you don't know, uh, Scott Lawrence uh, initially and for, was the was a head coach and director of rugby for Life University. Uh, he was the former head coach and basically low key director of rugby for Atlanta, <laughs> for uh, uh, rugby Atlanta MLR team. Uh, of course, he's also been U twenties U twenties USA rugby. Uh, head coach as well, won w- Rugby World Trophy for the Junior World Cup, the Junior World Trophies, to that effect. Like, this man's got a history of, like, winning. When you talk about a guy who is a winner, this is a winner. And Scott Lawrence has been shown, like, consistent success. Now, that being said, Outside of Life University, I guess even Americans, but in MLR, he never quite took it over the top. Like, but he's always been like right there in the middle. Tough nose, kind of uh, defensive guy, but has a proficient offense with his rugby teams. Like, they're always tough teams. There's undoubtedly have always been tough teams. I think some of the best success that Life University had was under Scott Lawrence. And so I find this to actually be a unique situation, only the fact that I never really understand why he was never considered. He's an American coach. Obviously, he lives in the country. He's worked for USA Rugby. He's had a pretty solid history of being able to win at almost all the levels. We haven't seen him at the top level, but I, I am uniquely interested as to why it's taken this long. And even at this, it's it's simply just the interim tag. So... You know, they're basically saying we're just placeholding you until future notice. But are we going to have enough games between now and when future notice is to take over? Or does he even really want it? These are all the questions, but I think we'll find them out as time goes on. But for whatever it's worth, I think this is a great situation. I'm thinking that Scott has been able to earn this position for all this time. And for what we need to do for USA Rugby in terms of our elite teams, and this is for the 15s teams, if I didn't mention this correctly, um, if we at least need to, we at least need to consider the fact that we need time. Like we need time to be able to see how this all works out. Do we even have another coach that's in in, in mind that we're looking to? I know. Again, I, I talked about it the other week. There's Talks about World Rugby trying to step in and, and do some uh, maneuvering uh, in the in the space, but still, like, why 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 not we roll with this for a little bit and see what we can do? Players know who he is. He's got a great reputation, um, and and we can see there will be at least strategically growth. We've I think he's widely considered one of the most strategic uh, rugby coaches. In the country right now. But again, is he going to be taking us to a Rugby World Cup finals? Good. I think it's to be determined. But I'm happy to see that he has at least a chance. And I'm really interested to see what our actual game scheduling is going to be. Because between now and the actual Rugby World Cup, a lot of the top teams are going to be winding down their heavy starters uh but they're still going to be trying to you know get some warm-up games here and there which would be an opportunity but we're not going to be seeing their best it kind of reminds me of uh 2019 whenever we had south africa and australia over at rfk stadium in dc and 
it was just like a whatever game because it was basically just the second and third stringers uh, playing because everybody was just prepping for the Rugby World Cup. Nobody wants to get injured before the biggest setup of matches, and obviously that worked out very well for South Africa, uh, you know, as they got to win. But what are we going to be able to see? And 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 I, I just I personally don't think that there's a coach that's out there that would be able to take on the responsibilities and understanding that comes with the U.S. because we. It's, it's been said ad nauseum. We are a very complicated situation based almost solely on the size of our country. Look, it's hard. It's hard to be, what, the fifth largest country? Third largest country in the world? Yeah, the third most populous country in the world. Uh, and the two that are above us don't really play rugby that much. Uh, though they're trying, so this is this is a unique situation that uh, comes with a lot, a lot of baggage to it. And for what it's worth, I think Scott will be able to do it. Now, when it comes to uh, Rob Richard, uh, you know, from what I'm reading, hey, shout out to Matt McCarthy on Rugby Wrap Up. Uh, he's definitely been a coach for Stanford and a coach for Beantown. Uh, which is, if I remember correctly, I don't remember correctly. Beantown is Boston, you know, so he's done some w, WPL stuff. Uh, he has been an assistant coach for the Women's Eagles uh, since the, since 2013. So, I mean, you know, he's he's been there. It, I feel like this one, again, not knowing very much about him, I feel like this is a situation of, Let's transition from Rob Kane to somebody that the women are familiar with. That one, I don't know if this is the best coach that's available for it. But from the men's side, I definitely feel the most confident uh, for uh, Scott Lawrence. Again, depending on if this is something that he wants to do. Because I feel like this has to be the only reason why he hasn't gotten it to this point. So... We'll see how it goes from there. But I really want to know what our game schedule is going to be for international play, over the, at least for this year and definitely for 2024 for the 15s to see if he can get that interim position removed and actually just be head coach. Hey, everybody. This is just the break transiting out a personal little video diary to all you people out there where I am going to document me riding most of the way between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. I needed help, and it came from Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is an extroverted tour de force. But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. After KL, Kuala Lumpur. Gift, where are we? We're in Vietnam! Oh, 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 oh. Mount Fuji, baby! Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, center! Yeah! Rugby is, is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, 
friends, family, sometimes complete strangers come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come. Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Watch the full adventure at crugby.vhx.tv. That's C like S-E-E rugby.vhx.tv. Speaking of USA Rugby news, uh, some big news came out of MLR this week, and uh, I am actually for this. Now, let me preface some stuff. Well, let's talk about what this is. MLR and Fox Sports, who they've been partnering with for the last couple years already in, in, in streaming and, and, and broadcasting games, announced that MLR games will actually be on the national broadcast. What does that mean? FS1, the one that the cable stations actually get, like you can get just normal cable and get that, or you can stream it easily, as well as FS2, which I think this one is a big deal. If it's on FS1, I am beginning to believe that they're actually making business decisions. Uh, and I remember watching actually a little podcast clip from um, Dallin Stanford's uh, podcast. It was Full Context CEO Podcast with Alex Maglevy. My bad. Just wanted to make sure you got that correction. With George Killebrew talking about, well, it looks like this year the owners actually want to create business and actually want to make business decisions as opposed to just trying to make the product on the field the the most product on the field, like just trying to improve the product on the field. They're actually trying to do it. You know, we face things in our first year here that we, we now understand a lot better. And it just feels like we're, we're more of a well-oiled machine, still knowing that going into year six, you're going to have curveballs at the head, you know, that you weren't expecting and you got to duck out of the way of and handle. But I get that sense. I get that sense in the ownership group. I feel like everyone now is kind of settled in. They, they know what it takes to be successful as a business. Uh, they know they have to pay attention to the fundamentals, not just the rugby operations. They got to look at all the mundane things that we do day to day, like ticket sales and sponsorship sales and marketing and local broadcast agreements and community relations and all those things that go into, you know, the front office of a team. And I feel like there's a more of appreciation for that today with our groups rather than I just want to put the best team on the field and try to win the shield. So I am led to believe, even though it has not officially been announced, that there was at least some level of a production deal made. Now, if as a media distribution deal made. Now, does that mean that they're making that FS1 Fox, in essence, is actually going to be paying out um, major money to MLR? Maybe not, but they might be paying for the production cost, which is would be hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of 18, 20 weeks of gameplay. That's significant. That's, that takes away some of the huge debts that are going to be existing with MLR coming into this year. But the fact that they're going to have their opening games February 18th on Fox itself, Fox Sports itself, I think that is a really big step forward. It allows it where the league has a chance to be able to continue to build credibility. 
And in this era where basically cable only exists for sports, yes, you got, you know, your scripted TV, but everybody knows scripted TV goes to streaming, which is becoming more ad centralized. And so to move it now into the Fox broadcast position, though it's ironic that we're going into more streaming and ad uh, ad subsidized streaming, and now we're going – MLR is going up to broadcast. I just – I don't know. It's, part of me is like, hey, hey, I, I need you guys to trust us on all levels. But that's neither here nor there. You know, I'm, I'm a conspiracy this thing. I'm a conspiracy this thing. But it is – a much wider range. And this is where I actually feel like when people talk about reach that these brands have, I think broadcast TV has a far better reach uh, in terms of your immediate audience because it is, a de- it is a less decisive decision and more of a searching decision. Though I am still, still massively advocate that streaming is the first place where it should go. Uh, and I do like the fact that this deal does not negate the games that are going to still be on the rugby network, which I, I think should be the primary place where games are. Uh, it, it, they did say that there will be a 24-hour delay for games that are existing on FS1 uh, to be back onto rugby, the rugby network itself, which I'm happy about because I know for me, I had a lot of difficulties being able to watch games uh, on Saturday, it's, uh, it's it's I just I have a lot of uh, conflict, a lot of it church and stuff like that conflict for that day, and so being able to watch games after like on Sunday or later on Sunday, the the games that were Saturday games, watching them on Sunday, um, made it easy to do. But it was super annoying whenever there were games that they just removed them all because uh, contractual issues, probably with FS two. Uh, to hold it over for like one or two days and, you know, I do the rugby odds with uh, JBL and Matt McCarthy and the random guests that we'll have in that circulation. And so trying to analyze games became increasingly difficult because you can't go back and look at the games until like basically the next set of games are about to come out, which doesn't help whenever you record on a Monday or Tuesday to get things done. So I'm hoping that this continues that process and it does make it easier to be able to see the games and which means also hopefully that the ones that are on FS1 also make it onto Fox Sports uh, streaming website and and able to create a better connection between this. This is this is a good move. This is a good move using the continuing to use the bigger platform but finally getting onto their primary platform. I I I've always been critical of it. Simply because I think that you should have, in this era, you need to have autonomy on your platform. If you don't own your platform and you're not working as a media company, especially in sports, you are putting yourself at a massive disadvantage. So this plus what they're doing with FS1, kudos. Kudos. Uh, uh, Big ups to the MLR for this decision and for them starting to make more business decisions. The HBCU Rugby Classic is right around the corner. March 31st to April 2nd at Howard University in beautiful Washington, D.C. We're bringing the best HBCUs, best high school teams out 
playing some of the best rugby. And of course, it is a cultural event. So we're going to make sure to give you guys the best entertainment from step shows to music to some of the best bands that we have in the area. So, guys, I think you need to go ahead and get your tickets. Just run over to hbcrugbyclassic.com. Tickets available now starting at $25 for the weekend, $10 per day. And you guys can get a cacophony of great time and memories going through it. Uh, it definitely check us out. Stay tuned and, of course, jump onto our mailing list, hbcrugbyclassic.com slash newsletter, and get into the community so you can learn about the players, you can learn about what's going on on the day-to-day and what we have updating, any discounts, any prizes that are coming up, and, of course, announcements and updates. It's going to be the best. I can't say anything more about this. Morehouse, Prairie View, A&M, Howard University. Let's get it, baby. Let's go. And speaking of business decisions, uh, we got a little bit of another announcement that came through for MLR. All right. Uh, this one this one I find to be interesting, considering that I live in Brazil. Uh, it, it stands out. But I think Miami might be getting the franchise. I think Miami might be getting the franchise. This year we saw the the, the rise and the, the, the bringing in of the Chicago Hounds uh, earlier this year, obviously at the cost of L.A. and Austin. And I- I'm not going to lie. It's a little funny every time you see a new team announcement and all the Gilgronies people are just like, you know, but what about us? And, you know, they're real. Like, I, I get it. I get it. It's just I've, You guys are feeling – all the Austin Gilgronies people must be feeling like how uh, the Cleveland Browns – did whenever they got moved to Baltimore in 1995. Like, how how low-key, where you just, like, you just feel cut from underneath you just because of some BS and malfeasance that occurred. But this Miami possible franchise, this one interests me in multiple ways. Not only is it going to be uh, another foreign owner, because actually this is the main reason. It's a foreign owner. And I actually have no problem with foreign owners owning teams, especially rugby teams in the U.S. Take advantage. But this guy is legit, all right? This is Marcos Galperin. Marcos Galperin, he's an Argentinian. He is the founder of Mercado Libre. Now, in the U.S., you're not going to know who Mercado Libre is. But in Brazil and in South America, particularly Brazil, Uruguay, Argentina, uh, Mercado Livre is basically the South American equivalent of Amazon. And when I tell you that they have a chokehold on this area, I mean, it is the chokehold on it. I've tried to order stuff through Amazon. It takes forever and a day to come down to Brazil. But through Mercado Livre, within a couple days, they, they own it. And the founder and the, the owner of, of this company now has is going to put a franchise in Miami. One of the most show-affluent towns in the U.S. Of course, huge Latin American uh, base in Miami. So I think that probably plays heavily into it. But I'm loving this because I feel like this might be the first MLR franchise that will create a team that matches the behavior and the characteristics of the city it lives in. Now, what do I mean by that? 
So we've had these teams. We got teams, obviously, in, in New England region. Uh, we have it in D.C. We have it in Atlanta, New Orleans, um, you know, throughout California, Houston, Dallas. But with all these teams, while the audience obviously comes from the area, Seattle, obviously, I forgot as well, um, while the audience plays in, um, while the owners, you know, are connected to the region, I don't ever feel like any of these teams represent in terms of, like, a similar characteristic to the towns that they're in. Like, I, I, it, does, it just doesn't feel – it feels like they are teams that are located in those cities. But if you took it out of those cities, you could put them anywhere and it would be basically the same thing. I want to see teams that actually feel like their team. And this guy being Argentinian, and Argentinians, you know, if you know Argentinians, and I, I know a few, they are extra in their own way. Of course, you know, we, we see after the World Cup. Um, but, you know, they're extra in their own way. But this would be in Miami, in Latin America, the North American component of it. Like, I feel like we would feel a Miami team, regardless of whoever the players are that come to it, whether it is more Latin American players, whether it's American players, whether it's New Zealanders or whatever, that team is going to feel like it is a Miami team. And I think they're going to have to because Miami is not an easy market to put a sports team in. Like, if you actually look at the history of Miami, outside of, like, the Hurricanes, which are actually located outside of Miami and Coral Gables, and maybe the early days of the Dolphins, like, most Miami teams don't do well. They don't. We we see it. Uh, the Heat were really not doing that great uh, until LeBron and the, the trio came through. LeBron, obviously, Dwayne Wade was already there. And Chris Bosh coming in. And then you saw this resurgence of, of energy uh, that, that, that you know, came with the team. And there was a connection because they were winners. Um, the baseball team is – the Marlins are amongst the worst baseball teams in the league. <laughs> like, they, they don't – and their attendance is terrible. Um the Dolphins always had a history of it, but right now the Dolphins are mediocre. They got a playoff, but even they have struggled with attendance issues for their games. So the reason why is not because Miami fans are inherently, like, bad sports fans, but it's just there's a lot to do in Miami. Like, it's the same issue that L.A. has, uh, Atlanta had to some extent. While ironic that Atlanta gets every sporting event ever, it's still ironic. Um but they're not bad. It's just there's a lot to do, and you have to really connect with the town to actually make sure you're doing it. And, and that is a town that has not just a huge Latin American base. Obviously, it is a very multicultural uh, city, uh, region. I'm going to say region because I'm going to include Miami. Say Miami, but it's really Miami, including Fort Lauderdale, including uh, um, uh, 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 West Palm Beach, uh, including – some of those surrounding uh, areas, maybe a little bit of Naples, maybe the bottom part of Naples. Okay, we're not going to include Naples in that at all. But really, definitely um, West uh, uh, West Palm Beach and uh, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, like that is going to be their base. And that is like African-American, Haitian, uh, Hispanic, primarily Cuban, 
and then Brazilians all up in that, all up in that region. And you need to focus on being able to bring out the full characteristics for them to ride for you. And I know the Florida people are going to be really excited. Florida has a state that has remarkably decent rugby. Like, they're pretty proficient. The one problem they have is that they're so regionally distant from most of the power base of the U.S. rugby community that you don't get to see them play a lot of cross-competition unless you're seeing it in a playoff game or uh, or you see uh, Florida players playing for other teams in the playoffs. So this one is going to be interesting, but it's going to be hinged so much on the fact that the characteristic of the team, I believe, is got to match Miami. And, yo, if you're coming in from Argentina, you are one of the richest people in South America off of this amazing company or this – yeah, I mean, what you want to call it what it is. It's a, it's a, a monopoly of a company, <laughs> to say the least, in South America. Like – I think they're going to bring some flavor. I think it's going to be be something extra, and I and I hope that that catches on consistently. Going back to what we were talking about before, yo, take care of the business. Take care of the business. The business is absolutely real. <laughs> before I let you guys get back to it, I want you guys to go check out RugbyOutletMall.com. Yo, this is the place where we are bringing in casual rugby wear. We're trying to set up the designs, make sure that we are giving you something to represent rugby. That's not just a jersey, and that's not just your kit. It is something that you and your friends and your mama and your kids and your parents and your best friend and your wife and your husband and your boyfriend and girlfriend and your they and just make sure that everybody is able to rock some rugby gear without having to necessarily be stuck to any one type of rugby gear. We want it for your day-to-day, everyday life. I know that's redundant, but that's how beautiful we want it to be. You know, definitely check out our most recent update, our rugby swag show shirts uh they're available now for purchase you guys can get it and for any first time buyers talking to you yo i'm giving you guys 20 percent off the first purchase take as many as you want 20 percent off the first purchase and of course if you guys get on the newsletter You guys are going to see more coupons and discounts that come along with that as well, too. But 20% off, and all you guys need to use is coupon code GROWRUGBY. That is G-R-E-A-U-X, rugby. Great quality gear. Definitely something for your presence, something to be able to give. Obviously, we just got past the year, so that means birthdays are coming out. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and you have so much more. Yo, hook your family. Hook your people up with what's right Go to RugbyOutletMall.com and enjoy out. And, of course, it helps support the show and our media endeavors. Let's get you back. Let's talk American Raptors because we got some news about the uh, Super Rugby America schedule. And uh, that news is that it got released. All right. We know first games are coming on February 18th, which we haven't actually – I still haven't seen where they're supposed to be – playing their games, like showing the games. I know that the Raptors said that they will show their home games, obviously, on their website. But to have a February 18th game that is directly in competition with the MLR, it's bold. I'm, I appreciate boldness. 
I appreciate boldness. I don't know if it really means – maybe it's not even that bold because we don't really know the, 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 the ratings match. But at least, you know, you're trying to bring something. But we got the, the matches. And for the American Raptors, like, this is one of those where, um, you know, it's, it, it, it's a favorable travel schedule. Uh, it looks like they're really trying to make sure that they can keep it in the realm of uh, making it cost-effective as as it should be. So from what it looks like off of the first month of play for the Raptors, uh, they're basically – they're on the road. Um, you, I'll put the post up on in the description, but they're basically on the road for four weeks straight, and then they get to be at home for four weeks straight. And then it splits between the last uh, last uh, four games for them uh, to be able to split it home and away, which I think that's good. Uh, it's gonna that month is gonna be tasking on the players, just traveling between countries. If anybody knows what it's like having to travel on the road, that thing wears down on you like crazy, like crazy. But. I love the fact that they are at least trying to put themselves in a position where they are not going to over-leverage themselves on trying to bounce up and down between it. It's it's good business. And I don't even think that probably a lot of these countries were going to be able to uh, maintain that schedule since the majority of them obviously exist in South America. If not, not the majority, literally all of them except for American Raptors. Now, one thing coming from from the camp was being able to get the new rosters together. And I felt like, you know, there's people that were murmuring a little bit about the addition of some non-U.S. players in there. And honestly, I'm kind of glad that the American Raptors aren't doing 100% U.S. players, but they're doing the majority. Uh, Eagles Overseas, um, the account on Twitter, Eagles Overseas, uh, I think they do Twitter spaces and stuff like that on on well Twitter. <laughs> uh, they said that in looking at the roster, they counted off about 39 U.S. eligible players that were on there. Uh, this is a roster, a preseason roster of about 46. It's on there. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then for the fact that at least some of the biggest players that they signed, I think the big one is Diego uh, Magnu who is an Argentinian player. He used to play for Toronto. I, I, he was like the best player for Toronto uh, last year. Uh, it looks like he's moved over and played, starting to be playing for the American Raptors on this. I think that's great. I think that's great. What's the best way of being able to add a uh, talent and skill, not talent, but skill, to a roster that is crossover athletes building up their skill to become more dominant in this sport, bring in the single most capped player in North in America's. I'm talking about North and South history. Like that's legit. That's legit. Also, want to shout out because might not be as big a name, but you know he's a big name to me. My boy Will Crawford. He used to play for Houston SaberCats, Louisiana Tech guy. I've known him. For, whoo, we talking about 12 years now? Talking about almost 12 years now? I, I, I'm happy for him. Get, get a chance to uh, play on this roster, and I hope that he gets to make it onto the team and to the travel squad and go do some damage. The guy who, who made a dream for himself said, I want to play rugby, and has been on that journey from 
from day one. And uh, coming from Louisiana Tech, that is tough because there is a lot that goes into it. But, yo, big shout out to him. But back to this roster, I'm, I'm glad that they're adding people who are not necessarily going to be U.S. eligible, but they can push the U.S. eligible kids, the U.S. eligible players. This is all you want. This is what it's asked for. For them having separated out from the MLR a couple years back, this is what they were aiming for. We want to be able to push for the most amount of U.S. eligible players that were able to develop and increase into the USA international stream and, and, and make impact across the rugby international rugby community and then such. So big shout out to the American Raptors for putting together like just just an element that they want to develop and see everybody win. That's that's all we want to be able to do. We want to be able to see the US and and the development of it win because it wins for everybody. So I love that. Wanted to throw some of this out there uh, for you guys. Yo, I want to talk to you about the company Green Geeks, one of our sponsors for this show. And uh, let me tell you, uh, I am a huge fan of Green Geeks. I built all my website platforms off of Green Geeks. And what is Green Geeks? It's one of the best hosting servers in the world, easily. It's eco-friendly. It's cost-effective. It is consistent and it just gives you access to everything a lot of people go to things like squarespace or wix to be able to do their hosting utilize maybe even GoDaddy hosting but all of them are always limited i've looked at the pricing of them and i don't feel like they give you the same flexibility that green geeks has actually personally given to me with Green Geeks, it uses the platform WordPress, which is a standard website development platform. And in this era where we need to absolutely not be reliant solely on social media to be able to hold our information, we know the algorithms change all the time. But it also is important that we have a destination that is our own home to go to. But even with Green Geeks, they not only help you with being able to build up the website, give you a process to get with the website. You can make as many emails as you want. You can become far more search engine optimized. Um, and you are able to create things from econ stores to just information to whatever you need to under the WordPress. And you get it almost as a WordPress premium and not just a basic WordPress plan. So you have access to thousands of templates and thousands of plugins to be able to make sure that you have the best website to be able to promote for what you need to do. And the best way that you can get for your first time, first year at $2.95 per month to have all of that, all you need to do is go to our link greengeeks.com slash track slash gift time and you will get basically 80% off your first year of hosting on the website on the server if you have not been able to create a website or the consistency or be able to develop maybe even work as other businesses whether it's an agency whether it's for uh, indus other industries just utilize Green Geeks. They'll help you. And their customer service is bar none. They've helped me so many times in issues that I've had with the website. Things that didn't go through. They helped walk me through it perfectly. And I, I have nothing to complain. 
definitely check out greengeeks.com slash track slash gift time or hit the link in the description and start your first steps or your second steps into getting control on your own website and your own information and not being a slave to the tech companies like Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and all that. Own your home. Get it today. All right. So last segment coming in, uh, just a little bit of uh, rugby business and uh, a little questionnaire for you. Uh, first and foremost, I want to throw some rugby business out there. I think right now we are, if you guys know, we got HBCU Rugby Classic happening March 31st to April 2nd. Got some big things happening. Uh, we got some major announcements coming up very, very, very soon. Tickets are available now. $25 for the full weekend, $10 per day. It's three days, obviously. We include our HBCUs and our high school tournaments inside there and looking just to be able to create some of the best entertainment that we can have on uh, in the field itself. But in doing this, if you guys know putting in any event, you got to be able to get your lifeblood. Your lifeblood is working with businesses, is media rights, it's everything. I will say that this year might be the year that I'm going to make a hot take that rugby and people in rugby can make the biggest leap in their value add. Why? Because we're entering into the fear of the recession mode right now. This whole quarter has been fear of the recession. Hey, what's going to happen? People tightening up their purses. We all know about the tech companies that are laying off people. What was it? Amazon laid off uh, 18,000 people. Meta laid off 10%. We're seeing it even in smaller companies. Like We're seeing big layoffs in a lot of industries that are developed for massive increase of growth but not profit. Why does that impact what rugby does? Um, well, because right now, a lot of companies need to make sure that they are actually reaching to an exact audience. And we need to make sure that we are actually fulfilling because we have an audience. There's a value add. Uh, part of the process of reducing ourselves from our rugby insecurity is to know that we have a product that people will want to watch or we have to create it. But it's in these moments is where your true value ends up playing out for the next 10 years. If there's a recession, those who make money in the recession fly and swarm. So for me, I know I've had to work really hard to make sure that I'm implying the value that comes from what we do, uh, whether it's from Gift Time Media or whether it's from the HBC Rugby Classic directly. And knowing that we're not just talking about creating value for today, but creating value over the next 10 years. And I think a lot of you who are in working rugby organizations, building rugby uh, companies like myself or our players, uh, you need to make sure that you are creating a pitch that says you are going to deliver this. It can't just be, a hey, you're on the jersey itself. This, it's not 1950s, okay? Remember, it's not the 1950s. You have to also put it around on places. You have to push it. You have to create stories around it. Whatever it is, is the awareness of whatever the brand that is going to be working with you, uh, that you're going to be partnering with, you need to make sure that you are actively getting it to where they need it to be. That's your audience. And in that same process, you're growing your audience and filtering it out towards them. That's the magic that sports has. That's why broadcasts are, are basically now becoming 
uh, for lack of a better word, uh, well, I'm not going to use the word, but subjected to the power that sports has because we bring in a filtered audience through that. So I want you to remember that as you continue to craft your sponsorship templates, um, your emails, your uh, uh, your product measurements, like it needs to be more than you just posting on social media. Like you have to go out and you have to talk. Uh, I read, watch a thing. I think this was on uh, Valuetainment was a great way of saying it, but I've, I've experienced this myself is that this is the time where you have to be intentional about who you're going to go reach out to. You got to make the calls, you got to make the emails, and you got to make the calls. Like, you got to make the calls and you got to get there in person. If you can get there in person, get there in person. If you can make the calls, make the calls. And these are the hardest parts. If you want to be able to, if you can just simply do the emails, well, make sure that those emails are dynamic enough where people are going to schedule with you because then you have to go make the calls. Uh, And this is going to be a big launch to changing how we change our insecurity about rugby here in the country, in the U.S., and definitely uh, how it affects what we do over the course of the next two, three, four years. Big deal. And look, if you guys need any help with any of it, yo, go to GiftTimeMedia.com, put some information out there for you. You guys can schedule a consultation. That one is actually paid, but the information i'll put for free out there if it helps and then if you need some more execution points definitely hit me up but i i'm I'm dead serious this is the year that we need to be focusing on cultural uh characteristics of rugby uh, that are uniquely to our culture um and then being able to develop the business side of rugby like everyone talks growth it's hard anybody who does youth rugby can tell you it is very very difficult to do youth rugby without uh, resources. It is very, very difficult to make people stay as a volunteer without resources. It's very, very difficult to be able to travel the way that you need to without resources. So to be able to do that, it has to be more than you either begging or it has to be more than you saying that this is the right thing to do or it has to be more than you saying um, this is going to be printed up on such and such thing. Like, Work the emotion, but don't forget there is a logic that you want to be able to build behind it. So if you need any help, definitely hit me up on that. The second thing that I want to finish off with is, yo, Perry Baker. Perry Baker has been on, on a Twitter game lately, and I, am for one, am loving it. Uh, he's He's been posting, and uh, I feel like he's working himself into trying to be a better influencer. I, I don't know whether he's got a brand deal that happened or – He's just got time on his hand, but he's been creating some intriguing questions. And this one I thought was really, really good. And I'm going to let you guys uh, get get your response. I want to hear your responses on it, either on Gift Time Rugby, uh, on Instagram at Gift Time Rugby, or uh, on the comments in the Apple uh, Music. And you can find it on Facebook, but you know who's super using Facebook that much? But the question was, if rugby players made as much money as football, American football players and soccer players, it probably wouldn't have the same athletes, in his opinion. But then, would rugby be the same far as characteristics? What he's asking is, if rugby players made the same amount, so if we're talking about American football players, um, you're either saying... Uh, If you take the average, let's say, NFL salary, which is, according to NBC Sports, is $2.7 million, and you take the average, 
let's say I'm going to go Premier League because I think Premier League soccer has um, has the the highest average, uh, has a, maybe the best of them. So the average salary of a Premier League soccer player, football, but, you know, association football, soccer, get it correct. All right, same thing. The British created it. Um, but the average uh, Premier League soccer player is 6.79 million British pounds, which is maybe is just about seven and a half, eight million dollars per year. Would that, how would that impact rugby? Would the characteristic of rugby be the same? And in my opinion, in my opinion, I don't think it changes the characteristics of rugby, but it definitely does change the athletes, which Perry Baker said. It probably wouldn't have the same athletes. You'd have a, a much higher tier level of athletes getting in there uh, from the men's side. And, and God forbid, on the women's side, that would just be double down. I, I actually think there would be a massive brain drain from a lot of sports, namely from basketball. And uh, I think we would see a lot of uh, field hockey uh, players uh, crossing over there. Uh, though I won't, I don't think there would be a lot of MMA players because MMA uh, is so independent that I don't think it would be beneficial to them. But I think in team sports, you'd see it from field hockey and you'd see it from basketball. You'd see a turnover there. But women have 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 a pretty high high level amount of athletes. But I don't think it would change the characteristics of a game. This is why. The characteristics of the game can be built into the culture. Money reveals and maybe enhances how much those characteristics get implied. But if you're thinking that players are going to be more entitled or more, uh, what's the best way to say it? More entitled or uh, become ruder like the, the stereotype is, I'm going to break it to you. Rugby players are assholes too. <laughs> like, have you watched them talk to coaches? Like you had a whole uh what uh Marler the Marler guy in England had a thing about you know saying he slept with some player's mother whose mother is has cancer. Like like yo players are assholes now and they don't make nothing. So I honestly I actually think that to some extent um when if there's not a small pie, uh, I think the only thing that changes might be the level of willingness to break the body for the game. And honestly, I don't think that's a necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I think there's always going to be toughness because in any contact sport, you're going to play tough. And whenever you go against somebody who loves the sport and is going to crush you and they'll do it for free or they'll do it for all the money in the world, it's going to humble you. And if you know that you're making more money off of your championships, it's going to motivate you. Uh, now, does it say that there's going to be players who aren't really that interested in the game that are only going to be playing it for the money? Of course, but that already exists now. You know, and it's not even that much. It already exists. There's already legacy players, generational players who have families who've been playing for ages. There's people who all, all their country does is just rugby. There's people who are in it because it gives them enough of a living to get by and, you know, they just get through. That, that, that doesn't change with the level of money. What would end up changing is the notoriety of the game itself. And now what would actually end up changing is how much expectations and pressures would come on the game now 
I do think that there would be um, a, a strong reduction in the level of access that people have to rugby players right now. Uh, and, and, and that's not, again, not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes you need to filter uh, the people. We know from the internet, too many voices can create a problem, but not enough voices can also be a big issue. <laughs> I'm going to be on my world rugby hater stuff again. But I think the only real issue what I would have is like a, a, country, a, a organization like World Rugby getting too greedy and trying to essentially run as a monopoly, uh, which, again, to some extent, I think they're already trying to do. But thankfully, there's, you know, there's factions that don't don't allow it to overrun too much. But, yeah, like I think that would be the only issue that, you know, would World Rugby now become more like FIFA and be far more uh, susceptible to uh, problems? Yeah, yeah, I think that could be a real thing. Um, but in terms of the game itself, in terms of the character of the people that are going to be playing, I, I still think it's going to be right where it is. Like, from a grassroots level, you'll still have, it's anybody who, who anybody type, any people can play. Um, the motivation and the filters of the people are going to increase. Um, there might be a slight reduction in adult club leagues, uh, simply because of the fact that a lot of those best players are going to transition to try and be in the top leagues, uh, trying to make a real effort and money. But, again, if you end up finding ways to either use clubs as a practice environment or be able to open up uh, for training environments for grassroots and other elements, I think it does add a different level of an ecosystem. So I, I would definitely be for it, but I don't think that it would – I don't think it would be the gloom and doom that – People would. I don't think there would be, you know, that people would think that comes with money. And I think that fear of making a quality living and even not even a quality living, like an excelling, like excelling past a point. Um, I, I personally don't think that um, that's a healthy way of thinking. And I think that actually helps reduce the impact and the elevation of the game it's like it's that old school elite you know british mindset of if you get paid for it you don't understand the spirit of the game like that's complete and utter nonsense so uh i'm 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 with it i i think it would be it would be great it would yeah like i said it would be something to go off of but y'all that's all we got for today. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to pay attention to this. Hope you guys have a great week. Please don't forget to check out some of our other episodes. We've had some great guests. Uh, we had Isaiah Washington, Southern University. Uh, we've had Mick Feely of Citizen Sports Rugby. We've had Blaine Scully, captain for the USA Rugby Squad. Uh, we've had Tiffany Faye, captain for the USA Rugby Squad. Um, We've had Adam Hayward, uh, um, who actor for the movie Play On. Um, we've had uh, Squidge, uh, um, Squidge Rugby, uh, who great YouTuber. Um, we, we take it all around because we believe in, in everything that has to do with building rugby and building around the sport to create that ecosystem and talking to the right people. And, of course, we have our other episodes. Guys are just catching up. So, but needless to say, I hope you guys... 
are going to take care of yourselves. You guys have a great week. And most importantly, I hope that you know that I hope that you're happy. I hope that you're healthy. And the most important of it all, I hope that you know that you are highly favored. Until next time, y'all. Cheers. <laughs>